You know the secrets of making friends? They are so simple and easy. Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew off-season show update. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And welcome back to this teaser of our free coverage that's been on hiatus for a little bit. I know that we just released our It Chapter 1 episode on the free channels. In anticipation of It Chapter 2 that we Hmm. just covered for Patreon Movie Review, that will be coming at you soon. So if you are interested in seeing the coverage on the latest movie, definitely check out Patreon. Take a look at our tiers and feel free to sign up. In the meantime, we have exciting news about things that could be up and coming for both free channels and Patreon in the CKC universe that we wanted to keep you posted on. We're going to quickly review things coming out in the Stephen King universe, the future of Westworld, and the up and coming Mr. Robot. Now, Jason, I know we've been talking a lot about the stand in our Patreon lately, but I don't think that the members on our free channels have heard us talk about a lot of this. We've been dipping our toe into some Stephen King coverage, including Gerald's Game on one of our recent movie reviews, and of course, It. But we've always put it out there. If the stand were to get another revival and be redone, no matter what's going on anytime or any place, <laughs> CKC will have to cover it as it is my favorite story. Depending on how our Patreon Clatchers vote, we may be doing another Stephen King adaptation next month? November. For November, I I really want to push that because it's The Doctor Sleep, follow-up to The Shining, one of Mm -hmm. the very few Stephen King sequels, and the last movie trailer is looking pretty awesome. Now, the new reboot of The Stand... We had heard some news about it sporadically here or there. There was the announcement that it was picked up by CBS All Access, but it was still a lot of rumor. There wasn't firm news going on until recently when some interviews were done, and we got a whole ton of exciting stuff thrown at us, mainly in the casting. There's still no official date for this. It's saying sometime in 2020. However, we do know it's going to be written by Josh Boone and Ben Cavill, directed by Josh Boone, and it will have 10 episodes. So that's more than the original stand. Yes. So hopefully that means they'll have more time to get into the weeds of everything. This is part of what Stephen King was excited about when he talks about it in, in interviews. There'll be more time and they will also have the opportunity to go into some of the disturbing violent material that really makes the book. It's pretty difficult to do it without that. Mm. Are you cool with CBS having it? Uh, in the early talks, they were discussing Showtime, which I still think might have been the better alternative as far as content and money it might have received. Also, no commercials. No commercials. It's a different world. I do have some faith in CBS. I'm feeling very torn about the casting, so I do want to quickly go over with you some of the news on it. Oh, something we should note right off the top, that this isn't regular CBS. This is their Netflixy type thing. CBS All Access is a subscription plan and you can get right now with limited commercials and one week free 5.99 a month and if you go commercial free with one week free 9.99 a month. So it looks like at least for the month or two that the stand is there we're going to have to uh Well, 5.99 a month, you can change or cancel the plan at any time. That's really not too bad. And especially if we're running this on free coverage, this isn't something You know, you'd have to pay for Patreon and then pay for this on top of that if you don't have it. Now, we might be wrong. We'll see. Maybe they do put it on CBS as well. 
Maybe they changed their mind. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been saying this is the avenue that they're going to do for a while, but a lot of this is still in flux. So as we get closer to the time, we'll talk about it more. We are assuming that a lot of people are familiar with this story, but just in case you're not, the brief synopsis, with the world in ruins due to a man-made plague, a battle of biblical proportions ensues between the survivors. That doesn't say a lot in the Stephen King book and also the miniseries. It was broken down into three parts or three acts. The first being the downfall of the world, you know, what happens to put us into a post-apocalyptic type of setting. Number two, the brief aftermath, trying to group together and figure out a way, how are we going to survive? How are we going to rebuild? And number three, getting more into the battle of good versus evil. There are going to be some mild spoilers as we discuss the casting, who is going to play who, but we're not going to get into anything too crazy, just to give you that warning before we start talking about it. And of course, the really big thing that you told me about the other day, Jason, they finally decided who's going to be playing Randall Flagg. This is one of our biggest characters, perhaps the biggest and most important to cast correctly. And thank you to one of our listeners, Lewis, for letting me know. And this better be set in stone. It's my favorite thing I've heard so far about it. It's going to be played by Alexander Skarsgård. The Skarsgård family. They could not be hotter. Deep in the trenches of Stephen King. But the other big news that just came out is Mother Abigail is going to be played by Whoopi Goldberg. I love that. That's pretty cool. Now, some of the others I'm not entirely sure how to feel about. Pretty much our main man, Stu Redman, is going to be played by James Marsden. Oh, I like him. I like Marsden. I like him as an actor. I do picture someone a little bit older because Gary Sinise played it in the original. Now, Sinise was younger when he did this, but he Mm. had kind of that old soul feeling to him. Sort of your everyman. I mean, just James Marsden is really good looking. I don't know if he's the everyman. Do you know what I mean? I see. Well, but, you know, they might age him up or, you know, make him not as sexy. Well, and hunkiness isn't a bad thing. No. <laughs> he could probably do it. Here are the interesting picks that they just came out with. Larry Underwood, our musician, is going to be played by Jovan Adipo. I don't know him. I'm not familiar with him. I know that he was in The Leftovers. Unfortunately, I didn't watch that. Harold Lauder, this time around, is going to be played by Owen Teague from Bloodline. And he is just perfect. I love that choice. And Jason, you should know the third one, Brad William Hankey from Orange is the New Black, will be Tom Cullen. I love that. I love it. That's interesting. I feel like, I don't know. It could go either way. And now here's my disappointment because I saw the picture and the actor, and didn't look at first at who he was playing. Daniel Sunjata from Rescue Me? Yes. Do you remember we loved him? Loved him, absolutely. So when I first saw him, I was going, oh, Nick Andros, perfect. And then I looked down a little bit, no, he's going to be playing Cobb. Cobb is a member of the military tasked with supervising Stu Redmond. So remember when they put him in the room and they're running tests on him? Oh, yes, yes. And he's insisting on talking to somebody now. Ooh. The scientist. No spoilers. No, the military person. Okay. Not the scientist. No spoilers. That's a pretty small role. Yeah. So to get this amazing actor who I'm looking at saying one of the biggest roles, Nick Andros, and then find out he's playing Cobb, I was like, oh, <laughs> I can certainly see him doing it. Now, Nick Andros is going to be played by Henry Zaga, who I am not familiar with. Oh, I don't know him either. So that's kind of up in the air for me. 
But then we have Nadine Cross being played by Amber Heard and Franny by Odessa Young. Now, Amber Heard looks wise. I mean, if we give her dark hair and, you know, suit the physical appearances of Nadine Cross, I can definitely picture that. Odessa Young is another one who I don't know too much. Acting wise, you're going to really have to step this up. It's a difficult role to play Franny. But here's what I'm thinking, and I don't mean to be rude. She probably is better known in the circles of people who have seen her work. Maybe they didn't want somebody huge (coughs) because we do have these preconceptions that are going to be really hard to get out of. You know, Franny is Molly Ringwald. (laughs) Stu Mm -hmm. is Gary Sinise. And it's going to take me some time, really, to get over that. But the last one is Glenn, who's going to be played by Greg Kinnear. And we know him from many, many projects. And so, yet again, the age is the thing here, because he is supposed to be a lot older, but perhaps they decide to age him up. He's pretty old. I mean... I'm talking (coughs) like older man in the books and the TV show. Okay. Now the question is, who's going to be playing Kojak? Who's the dog actor? You got to tell me. Well, another exciting piece of news we found out, Stephen King himself has written the 10th and final episode, the last chapter that will provide new material that wasn't found in the books. Oh, that's exciting. I love that. I'm really interested. There's a lot of controversy and talk about the ending, as there sometimes is with Stephen King, but even just the material (laughs) that's in the last chapter. So I don't know if he's decided to change some of that or just beef it up. And hopefully he makes a cameo. I love when he does that. Oh, he must. This is like one of his big works. He's got to be in it somewhere. So we will let you know more as that moves along. We're getting really excited for that. But I just heard about another one coming sometime in 2020, and that's Lisey's story. It was picked up by Apple TV+, Plus, also to be directed by Josh Boone, but produced by J.J. Abrams. This will be eight episodes. So we have to get that subscription as well. (laughs) (laughs) The synopsis here, the book is a psychological thriller and dark love story about Lisey Landon a widow who is finally cleaning out the belongings of her novelist husband two years after his death. Deciding to let go of his possessions leads her to confront the dead man's past, their life together, and puts her in conflict with a disturbed fan who is obsessed with his writing. And that just skims the surface. This is a deeply complex story on top of which Stephen King says about it, it's his favorite of the books. Oh, wow. Quote, I would love to see that done, especially now that there's a kind of openness on the streaming services on TV and even the cable networks. There's more freedom to do this stuff now. And when you would do a movie from a book, there's this thing that I call the sitting on a suitcase syndrome. That is where you try to pack in all the clothes at once and the suitcase just won't close. So it's tough to take a book that's fully textured and do it in roughly two hours. Now as a TV show, you can have 10 hours. Stephen King making a a comeback tour, huh? Just killing it. And get this, really, the person you have to spot on cast here is Lisey. So much of the story is about her and from her perspective. Julianne Moore. Oh, wow. Will be playing Lisey Landon. Nice. That's not to mention there also is talk about an upcoming Talisman and Tommyknockers adaptation. Two of my not-so-favorites, and there's not a lot yet about that, but we'll see what they have to say. Now, Jason, that's the world of what ifs and in the future. But how about shows that we currently cover? We've gotten some news on one of our big flagship shows, Westworld, whose season three will premiere sometime in the first half of 2020. Now, this is good news because we had anticipated it being even longer until we got to see Westworld. 
So they were able to pull it off a little quicker. Yeah, and we don't know the time frame yet. I'm thinking later into that first half. You know, I don't think it's going to be January or February. We have heard season three began filming in March with locations including Singapore and Los Angeles. It will be eight episodes, some of it taking place in the real world because three of our hosts have entered the central timeline. This is exciting because during our coverage for season one and two, we often discussed and imagined what the outside world must look like. And we finally get to see it. We only got glimpses. Again, we're going to be spoiling up to season two of Westworld here because a central premise is that the end of season three, we find out there are hosts coming out into the real world, namely Dolores, Bernard, and some unknown person that's residing in Hale's body. That's right. So many questions. So that's a big question mark. Who is it? Whose little brain ball have they put into the Charlotte Hale body? We got to see the trailer. The world got to see the trailer during Game of Thrones. Very smart of HBO. Mm-hmm. I was totally thrown. A very different looking trailer. Exactly. It looks like a different show. But, mm-hmm. it's, but I'm excited. I like that. Me too. We also know that not all of the characters have escaped. So some of this is going to take place still in the parks with those remaining behind specifically Maeve and Hector, and we hear they're going to be spending time in some sort of World War II-themed park. Wow. Now, we have new cast joining us, a few of which we saw in that trailer you're talking about. Aaron Paul, and he was a big part of the preview. Yes. He's going to be playing a man named Caleb who lives in L.A. and has some connection to Dolores. This is exciting. I really like Aaron Paul. Especially in Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And now knowing that Breaking Bad is coming out with a movie. But get this. Other new cast members, Lena Waithe, Scott Muscuti, Marshawn Lynch, and Vincent Castle. (laughs) They are just all over the board here. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, I cannot figure out where they're going with it. Maybe that's the intention. Well, maybe he'll just be eating Skittles in the show because we all know how much he loves Skittles. (laughs) I can foresee him maybe just being a soldier. He's never acted before. So, uh, that could you know, be. He's not going to be a main character. Maybe he's a robot. Oh, and Vincent Castle. I love him. That's going to be phenomenal. I hope he plays some kind of larger role, especially as a bad guy. He's mm-hmm. just so perfect for that. <laughs> now, we know definitely dead are Teddy and Akichida. Definitely alive, as we just mentioned, Dolores, Bernard, Stubbs. And the man in black, although we don't know what we're going to see of him or when that's going to happen. But those who died, question mark, in season two, and by question mark, I mean a lot of them are probably coming back. I can't imagine that this is going to be the end of them. Maeve, played by Tandy Newton, Hector, Rodrigo Santoro, Angela, Tallulah Riley, Abernathy, Lewis Hertham, who, I don't know, maybe he is gone, uh, Strand, Gustav Skarsgård, speaking of the Skarsgårds, <laughs> Lee Sizemore, Simon Quarterman, Elsie Hughes, Shannon Woodward, and of course, Robert Ford, Anthony Hopkins. I know this is wishful thinking, but I'm still hoping he's alive, but he's not. I, but he's I not. don't think he's gone from the show still at this point. Can't be, right? You know? Now, one of the big things on everyone's mind coming out of season two, we got a crazy post credit scene that takes place in a very different timeline, a much later date, according to Joy. The destroyed area happened long ago, and now the man in black is the subject of testing. The roles have been reversed. She says, quote, We get the feeling that in the far-flung future, the man has been somehow reconjured and brought into this world, and he's being tested the same way the humans used to test the hosts. That is a storyline that we'll see more of one day. 
So I think the man in black is going to be put on ice for the majority of this upcoming season. Huh. In addition to that timeline. We got to get caught up with what's happening in the world now, what's going on with the hosts. We might get a little glimpse of him. They'll tease him in the beginning. Yeah. And then we'll find out more. I hope there's a good payoff with that. Oh, me too. I think that's going to be really great when we get to it. Now, HBO programming chief Casey Bloys has said there is a deal in place with Joy and Nolan for a potential fourth and fifth season, although nothing has been officially renewed yet. Maybe why we haven't got an official date yet. It was my understanding that HBO wasn't too happy with Westworld when season two ended. I think there was some buzz about that, but this is their other big show. And especially with Game of Thrones ending, I don't think there's any way they don't just get renewed for a season four and five. They have a lot of faith in the producers and the show. That's good. It's a beautiful show. Absolutely. But finally, this is what everyone wants to hear about because it's the next upcoming CKC show, Mr. Robot. And not only that, it is season four and final. So going into this show, Sam Esmail always said he saw it as five seasons. However, we don't know if there's influence of the season three that wasn't received as well, or if it's a budget thing, or if they just decided vision-wise, well, four seasons will do it, especially because this season is going to have 13 episodes. So 13 weeks of CKC. That is way more than Robot usually gets. Now we should say up top, due to real-life circumstances, we will not be able to release our podcasts on Tuesdays or Wednesdays this year. And unfortunately, that means maybe we'll get less listeners, which is heartbreaking, but it's the reality. We will be recording Thursdays. I'm going to bust my hump to get the editing done and have it released by Friday nights. Yeah, so we are going to be later in the week instead of earlier in the week this time around. We have been with robots since the very beginning. It's a show that is dear to our hearts. But this is also a show that takes a lot of research and investigation into what's going on, how to break down the scenes, the technological stuff that's in there. Given our work schedules being so crazy, Monday through Wednesday, there's literally not going to be a moment to look at any of that. And we don't want to give you coverage that's less than stellar. We think it's better to have it out a little bit later in the week, but really take our time as much as we can with it and have that be a better product for you, especially with 13 episodes. This is going to be running right up until Christmas, meaning it's taking up a big chunk of our time and we have to be realistic with the pace that we're going to be able to keep up with. Absolutely. So if you're going to still go on the ride with us, which we hope you are, and you have friends that are iffy because we release so late, give them a push in the right direction. Just tell them this time around, instead of being the first word on Mr. Robot, we're going to be the last word for the (laughs) week. And maybe that's not too bad either. It's going to be fresh in your mind prior to the next upcoming episode on a Sunday night. And they will be Sunday nights again at 10 o'clock p.m., which is a little difficult in and of itself. They will still be on USA, premiering on Sunday, October 6th. Now, this is fun. Rami Malek said, Christian Slater and I both got a call from Sam Esmail talking about this final season. And my mouth was agape after he told me how it ended. It's going to be a very, very climactic ending to what I think has been four great seasons of television. That is very exciting. And I did hear that Christian Slater will be more involved. We'll see more of him than we did in season three. You can check out, there was a first look teaser that came a little while ago showing Elliot being questioned in a room. They're asking, I wonder how many people you've had to hurt to get what you want. It's a mystery voice. We don't know who this is. 
How many has it been, Elliot? How many people have had to suffer because of you? Was it worth it? But that was followed a month later, pretty recently, by the full trailer for season four. In it, a piano plays Silent Night. Like the trailers for seasons past, it features disjointed shots of characters in tense moments. We see Price drinking, Darlene watching, Dom crying, Vera shooting, Tyrell and Elliot arguing, and lots of shots of blood. If you go down this path, it'll never end, says Mr. Robot. A far cry from his typical throw-caution-to-the-wind approach. It will always be something else. Another symbol to destroy, more people to save. This is an endless war, and what you're about to do is crossing a line. Then you get a beat, and Elliot's response, heard over this crackling fire, is, it's a little late for that, don't you think? So this is so intriguing because seasons one, two, and three, it's been Mr. Robot who provokes the anarchist agendas. He's the one that doesn't care about lives. It's more about the plan. Mm -hmm. So this is being flipped on its head. And I'm wondering, taking it too far. Yeah. He was always in denial. Yeah, well, here's some stuff that might kind of help us figure it out. In the season three finale, Elliot set the wheels in motion to undo his greatest act of power yet, the 5-9 hack that led to global financial tailspin. In response to that, Esmail said, This last season brings the show back to its initial promise of Elliot wanting to take down the guys behind the scenes who are manipulating society. The journey between seasons one to three was about discovering who the real culprits were. The hack was merely a distraction that was co-opted by these people, and it's finally been revealed and exposed to Elliot. In a weird way, season four will return back to that initial premise of the show and have Elliot be motivated by that with new clarity. There we go. He also says, Whenever I talk about Elliot's emotional journey, it is really about his relationship with Mr. Robot that needs to face its reckoning at some point. The ending of season three pivots them to working together as a team for the first time in a genuine way. There's this realization they are pieces of one whole, and it's something we haven't quite seen before, especially given the tumultuous relationship they had in season two. Then in season three, when they didn't speak with each other for basically the whole time. We've now finally brought them to a point where they can work together as a team and dare I even say, integrate. Whoa. Something we've been talking about for three seasons now. So to have that word come out of his mouth is crazy. If this is the finale, surely that must be where we're headed, right? And so the psychological ups and downs, the end point we're getting to, I can't wait to talk about it. This is going to be a blast and kind of poetic because we really started getting a listenership with this show. Yeah, we started in our hearts with Game of Thrones, which we just concluded fairly recently. But then we started from a professional, okay, we got to figure this podcasting thing out. Mm -hmm. We got to figure out how to do it right and stick to a schedule, cover weekly reviews, do a ton of research because we didn't always know technologically what was happening. But also we get to dive into the psychology of characters that I loved. So now we'll be ending that journey. It feels like a lot of things coming full circle for CKC, and we hope that you're going to be along for the ride. So these are all very exciting, and we're hoping that we will be covering The Stand. We're hoping that we will be covering... Hoping? No, we're going to be covering The Stand. Okay. It's happening. Uh, The other movies or adaptations, we'll have to see. It's feeling pretty good on Doctor Sleep. I think Lisey's story is a ways away, so we'll see on that one. But you know what's left of our big shows that we give weekly free coverage is... Westworld, The Magicians, and Mr. Robot. Yeah. 
So after Mr. Robot ends, we might have to find something else that's going to fill that Game of Thrones robot hole. We might have to, and we have to be very careful the dates of it, because we, for the first time this year, had two shows going on at the same time, and I think I was going crazy. As well (laughs) as time of the week, because a lot of HBO stuff airs Sunday Sunday nights, nights. and I think we can't get ourselves caught in that trap again. Unfortunately, we're already stuck with robots, so we just have to deal with the schedule. But moving forward, we might look at something that's more practical for us and for you guys. And if anyone knows how to get screeners, email us, please. Contact at coffeeclatchcrew.com. If we had screeners, we wouldn't have any issues. fixed everything. And we, could, and we can release podcasts the day of the show or right after it, you know? Yeah, come on, Mr. Robot. Sam Asmel, if anyone knows his phone number, can I, I'm call? also in love with you, Rami Malik. It only <laughs> yeah. just makes sense. Can you throw us a bone? So we are super excited and we're looking forward to this year coming up. Please let your friends know about us. Remind them CKC is back. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me. Please hang up and try again.